Hey folks, welcome back. Or simply welcome here, if you haven't been here before. Welcome to... I was in a headlock with the outer world. There was only one way out for me as a recalcitrant preacher's kid that required force. I will tell you how I used force in a couple of minutes. On the other hand, I must add that I discovered another part of the outer world that embraced me, requiring no force. It was the natural world of trees and rock that provided asylum from the inner dictatorship of the church and from the outer tempest of social interaction. There was a wildness to the woods, a serenity of the lakes and rivers, an awesomeness that prickled my skin in a shiver at the realization that I was alone in a vast universe. It was a scary feeling sometimes, especially when I lost my sense of direction in the thick woods. But it was at the same time exciting. It gave me a whiff of adventure. It was the nice kind of scary. It was thrilling, like lying on the ground and looking up at the clear night sky swirling with stars and you feel like you're about to fall into it forever. <laughs> I can't help but picture my life as a PK in three concentric circles or spheres. The innermost core represents my unadulterated world of early childhood where the seeds of consciousness had been sown and took on a vigorous bloom. The middle sphere enveloping this psychic core represents the world of a rigid legalistic system of my church. The outer sphere is separated in its entirety from the church as if by a protective wall, like a cell wall. The mid-sphere is separated by the same type of pro protective membrane from the incipient, if not sacred, core of one's being. And folks, as I advanced into adolescence, the protective membranes began to fray in spots between these spheres. I did have a healthy central core of being, and it was nurtured in the woods and rivers of the main forest. I'll now speak briefly about that, then switch to an example of a physical conflict of friction between the mid and outer cores. PK, the Protestant kid, versus CK, the outer Catholic. Let's have a listen. Folks, you know from past episodes that I have 
bewailed my socially isolated upbringing. My Bible Baptist father did all he could do to steer me away from the temptations of the unredeemed outside world. And that included going to dances, sex, and movies, sex in the seats, on the screen as well. The square words. Dad did his damnedest for the Lord, I tell you, to keep his children out of the outer world's evil clutches. And he did his damnedest to support our love for the outdoors. Camping in the bush, hunting, fishing, collecting rocks and minerals, for which I am truly and eternally grateful. My mother also did her utmost in teaching us about the natural world of trees, birds, and animals. One warm autumn afternoon, she took my brother Timmy and I on a hike in the woods behind the Johnson's house just beyond the Lincoln town line. She showed us how to differentiate between tree species. We learned to see the forest for the trees. That was the beginning of significant cognitive development for us kids, I tell you. For which, and of course, I am eternally grateful. I learned how to use a field guide for identifying different types of trees by the shape of their leaves and the texture of the bark. We brought the most colorful leaves home to preserve and wax. Was a fun little project for a Saturday afternoon when a lot of my school chums were sitting in the darkness of the Lincoln Theater watching the movie matinee. I had been gathering leaves off the forest floor for identification on a gorgeous fall day. Now that I have established the above pastorale as a setting, I conjure up for you a sharply contrasting picture of combat between two eighth graders, Carl Parker and me, PK. I say PK, preacher's kid, because I believe that Carl, although a popular school chum and somewhat of a jock type, perceived me as a docile, if not nervously passive, church boy. I wonder if this fight on the sidewalk in Omen is a foretaste of life to come, an apt metaphor for ensuing conflicts of a metaphysical nature, a conflict between my inner and outer worlds. Titian, the old Italian Venetian master of the Renaissance, could have brilliantly rendered a painting of it. The clashing of eighth-grade titans on the windy plains of the Aegean Sea under the surveillance of the gods dallying on Mount Olympus to watch the life struggle between Karl Parker, the titan of the pagan outer world, versus me, the Bible Baptist, long-haired fundamentalist titan.
Sounds like a mythic composition from the hand of old William Blake, the old English visionary and printmaker. Maybe a philosophical cartoonist could have aptly depicted this for a cover of my podcast collection. A bespectacled, hairy, intellectual locked in combat with a clean-shaven brute whose powers of reason are largely rolled up in his sleeves. Me wrestling with the outside world of Carl Parker as several junior high nymphs jangle their pretty locks and dally a short distance ahead of us. Ha! Okay, now perhaps you get the picture. A brief wrestling match of what in my memory remains is one of the epic points in my childhood. It goes like this. On a crisp fall day, we, a small group of eighth grade boys, were following a small group of our female classmates on the walk home after school along a stretch of sidewalk that roughly paralleled the Penobscot River and led to the center of the village of Lincoln where the group gradually dispersed. There were several girls ahead of Carl and me with whom we were boisterously bantering for their coveted attention. Suddenly, an arm roped me around the neck in a headlock and nearly forced me to my knees. It was Carl. He was bigger, bulkier than myself. I caught a whiff of stale right guard spray deodorant under his armpit. He was laughing, having fun at my expense. He had done this once before, a couple days previous, during the school recess time on the playground for the others to see. Again, humiliated in front of the girls like that, with my head held down to my knees and my glasses dangling from one ear, I hastily loosened his hold pulled my head back out and shoved him off. He lost his balance on the curb of the sidewalk and rolled into the road. I was ready for another attack when he quickly stood up and picked up his books that had been held in the other arm. His mouth hung open in an embarrassed grin as if to say he was just choking around. He did not touch me in a joking manner after that, folks. And we resumed our walk now that the girls had kept walking until out of earshot. Carl and I didn't talk much as we picked up our pace and walked homeward. His house was just a block beyond mine. I never went to his house. He never came to mine except once to round me up for a game of basketball in somebody's barn. There was a crackling flash of anger breaking through my head as I shoved the stunned Carl into the road. Perhaps I wouldn't have cared if he got run over. Being locked under someone's arm triggered a violent reaction on my part. It was like shoving off a heavy yoke. I didn't like being controlled by anybody 
including my parents and their church, and Carl, whom I thought of as a school buddy. The humiliation I felt from being locked out of normal social activities with my peer group, such as dances and going to movies, fueled a growing resentment and anger that threatened to break me apart at the seams. If any teenager needed psychotherapy, I certainly would have qualified for it. I was ready to toss off the hated humiliation of religious restrictions like no one else I knew. I knew hate, a festering resentment against my religion. Now, Carl didn't know hate, I truly believe. He was just joking, being a dumbass for the sake of attention from the girls pirouetting on the sidewalk ahead of us. I did not like the social alienation, folks, during those years. I learned to crack my knuckles, fingers and toes back then. I gritted and ground my teeth. I developed weird vocal tics. I wanted to have been someone else's child. Someone who would have allowed me to attend school dances and go to the movies on the weekend with the other kids. Someone who wasn't trying to push religion down my throat. Even after leaving the ministry, my father encapsulated his love for me in the cold metal cage of the fundamentalist belief system. I began to hate the god of that cage. I needed friends my age, I guess, and not just girlfriends either. I needed friends, like Carl, with whom to play basketball after school and listen to the latest records. I wanted to buy rock and roll records that everyone liked and learn to play them on the piano. My girlfriend now tells me how she used to go into her room and listen to 45s and 33s on the record player her folks gave her. She loved it. It was a good memory. It was her downtime in the throes of adolescence. Much younger friends of mine now also attest to the fact that listening to music of their choice is a place of refuge between the ears. But the door remained shut by my parents on the possibility of that ever happening, as long as I lived at home. Rock and roll was such a large part of the subculture for children of the 50s and 60s. On that count, thus, I wasn't a part of that generation, my generation. I was out of the mainstream, so to speak. I was not a part of the in-crowd, and I did not need people like Carl to remind me of that fact. So, be that as it is, seal. You know what? When I was talking about the 16th century Titian like 
depiction, painting of the titans of the inner and outer world battling it out for the lustful onlookers. I, I forgot to mention that Kao was Catholic. There were quite a few Catholics in my class, actually. I knew Carl's Catholic because he wore the St. Christopher's medal around his neck. I envied the Catholic boys in my class because they got to play basketball in the Boys' Catholic League. As the Bible Baptist PK, I didn't get to play with my Catholic school chums. I was left to play imaginary games on my own basketball court in my parents' backyard. Now, if I could video this, you would see a beefy Catholic boy, large for his age, with shaven head and St. Christopher's medallion dangling from his neck, while he locks his right arm around the Protestant PK's head of long hair. Well, whatever, it turned out to be embarrassing for the both of us. And we walked home quietly together that day. I presently do not remain separate from the world and have learned to swim in it somewhat awkwardly. Sometimes I don't like, I don't fit like I've always wanted to fit. But now I'm not worried so much about fitting. I'm worried instead about being. That's at the core of it all. And being is kind of like swimming, where you're motoring backward and forward without your feet touching the ground, kind of like flying, right? Hey, may we all find our way. Oh, and folks, as always, Thank you for listening.